a speakeasy in the Lower East Side, New York, 1920s, your typical run-of-the-mill speakeasy, sort of a, not necessarily a seedy joint, but a sort of tucked away, secluded type of speakeasy where the uh, restless souls of the Lower East Side go to release some of the tension of the modern strain of life. Here we see a rather tall, actually a very, very towering tall, broad-shouldered man, sort of a dark brooding complexion, is hunched over the uh, bar table, if you will. And upon the counter, he sees in a sort of slender trim, average height young man with a mop of dark hair and very piercing glaring eyes. This is, these two men are Andre Navoshkinov, a recently, a Russian boxer who is, who is in America for some time uh, for a, if you will, a Soviet representation of athletics. And here comes Joel Farber. Joel Farber, a young man with a tumultuous inner life trying to figure out his own life's direction. And now the two meet. Hey, Yolenka, come sit by me. Oh, it's you, Andre. Yes, it's me. Come sit down. He says, where have you been? I was, I was, I was just with my mother, I think. Yes, I was. And I finally was able to come back out because, you know, she can be kind of a pain sometimes. He says, oh, I see. From the apron strings to the uh, bar with the men, eh? Yes. Well, come sit down by me. He says, just don't stand there holding your jaw in your mouth. He goes and sits down by Andre. And he's like, he says, here, I'll give you, uh, try this stuff. They call it malt. It's really, it's some good stuff. Joel takes a sip of the malt. Well, what do you think? Really burns right through you, doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's it's quite enjoyable. I think it's better than Coke. He says, oh, it's better than that, that uh, bubbling stuff. He said, that's just sugar and water. He said, this is stuff for men. <laughs> That'll put some hair on you, he said. <laughs> Joel's like, hmm, I think so, yes. You know, this kind of reminds me a little bit of a drink that Sam has showed me. Oh, he said, uh, what did uh, what did Sam Samejka show you? I'm not really quite sure. It was a while ago, and I think I was very tired back then. But, you know, Sam is a man who has shown me a lot of things, especially at this speakeasy. He's like, if it wasn't for Sam, I would have probably never even come to the speakeasy in the first place. He says, ah, oh, he says, now that's a good fortune you've had, he said. Ah, uh, yes, Samechka, he's got a lot of fire. He's got a lot of adventure in him. He's always finding something somewhere, he said. I, you got to admire his tenacity. Yes, indeed. I mean, you know, Sam is someone who is willing to do anything and everything to achieve his goal of being the next Tomaszewski. So, dear, he certainly is. I don't know anything about this theater stuff, but... He certainly has a lot of boldness. I, I admire him. He said he's a little naive and he exaggerates about his exploits, but 
then again, you know, I understand. I come from people who exaggerate exploits all time, you know. A small smile appears on Joel's lips. What do you mean he exaggerates his exploits? What exploits? Oh, well, you know, you know, Yolenka, you know, the uh, the stuff that, uh, you know, God made man to do. What and do you Andre, mean by that? <laughs> well, Yolenka, don't tell me you're that ignorant. Don't tell me your mother has strangled you with her apron strings that much that you don't know what that is. He pauses. Um, what do you mean? Not acting, right? Well, not, not acting on the stage, that's for sure. And Andre takes a, another sip of his drink and he sets it down on the table with a decided clink. And he sighs and he kind of takes his elbows off the counter and he looks Joel squarely in the face. He's like, you know, the, how do I say it? The, oh, the biblical way to do things. And then Joel pauses and then he realizes what he's talking about. What do you mean? The Song of Solomon? He said, the Song of Solomon, the Song of David, the Song of every man right down through the ages. <laughs> and he's like, I see. So you're saying Sam is not completely truthful when he talks about that? Oh, he said he exaggerates more than, oh, I don't know. He exaggerates more than someone... Uh, you know, trying to uh, brag about, oh, I took down a, an army of Turks with just a with just a knife, you know, that sort of thing. Like, no one's going to believe that. He reminds me of someone back in uh, my village when I was a boy. Uh, his name was, uh, oh, Fedka he was, and he was always bragging. He said, oh, I was a guard for the czar, but we all knew that he never amounted to anything. He was just bragging, and we all know he got that uniform. He, he bought that off of somebody. Oh, I see. So, Sam, I guess from your perspective, Andre, has Sam never even done anything before in that aspect? Well, I mean, he might have tried something, but he seems to have been as nervous as Oh, I don't know, like a young eagle flying for the first time. And uh, he's not as confident as he keeps bragging. I mean, anybody with common sense can see that. And I should know. <laughs> and Joel kind of looks kind of embarrassed. And he says, yeah, I guess. I mean, I kind of feel bad for Sam. I mean, he kind of has no shame, especially if he isn't actually experienced and he's claiming that he is. And yet he's always talking about it. If he only lied about it once, that would be more reasonable. But being Sam, he had to lie about it multiple times to appear, you know, way cooler than he actually is. Yes, yeah, Sam. And then Andre swallows the rest of the contents of his glass. And then he taps the glass hard onto the wooden counter. And Andre sighs, letting his sh massive shoulders slump a bit and resignation and he's like ah he sighs like i said sam is like fedka he said bragging right and left but every time you met fedka he was bragging that he was the czar's lifeguard and whatnot and he was in parades and stuff and he, we all know he wasn't and it's shameless but uh as much as you want to hate it i suppose there's no harm in it, but it would be nice if he was a bit truthful, but he's not. Mm-hmm.
And Joel says, wow, it really makes me wonder if, you know, even Frankie was truthful. Uh, uh, Frank, uh, uh, yeah, I think he was, but not in the way he meant it. Um, it's a bit difficult uh, to put it into words, maybe not the best thing to talk about here. You know, he's, uh, uh, how do I say it? He, uh, he, he's, uh, he's done it in the, in the Greek style, you know. And <laughs> it totally went over Joel's head. You know, like Greeks, you know, like, uh, yeah, I don't have to go into it. I, 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 I kind of recognize it because, uh, one of my friends, he's very much, uh, he, he loves in the Greek way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I see, I see. Oh, my. Well, I mean, the thing is, I can look at a man and tell you exactly what he's been doing, how he's done it, and, you know, what, how, what kind of man he is. I mean, that's sort of the trademark of a man. It's It's the hallmark of a man, you know, how he how he does this thing. I mean, it's a, it's sort of a, it's a right of nature. You know, it's what, it's what God made men to do. I mean, in the right way, of course, you know, you have to do it, you know, in, in a good gentle way. And, you know, always, always make sure it's, it's done the right way. Always, always, because if you don't, you know, I know it's fashionable not to believe it anymore, but you know, it's a bit like uh call it uh what do they call that fate or what's that thing everyone's calling it car caramel Car karmex karma uh will strike you down it's like my grandfather said he said that you know when i was in the turkish wars he said i never did that stuff and he that's why i came back alive he said you never take a man's possession and you never take women and that's something you know, I, uh, we men should always remember we can't take women. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I, I know, I know I can tell, I can look at a man and tell you exactly what he is. And Joel kind of looks away and he's a little bit embarrassed because he's now afraid that, you know, Andre will start reading him and tell him what kind of man he is. And Andre senses this. And Andre distracts himself, looking to the side, pouring another sh uh, shot glass. And he's kind of swirling the contents a little bit on the table, making a sh, sh sound on the wooden panel. And he says, uh, well, he says, I can, uh, I can tell you what you are, Yolenka. There's a pause. And then Joel kind of looks away and then looks back at Andre again. Um, he stutters. What do you mean? Uh, I'll be gentle with you. He says, at least you're truthful. He says, and that, and that I got to respect in a man when he's truthful, even when it hurts. And I know that uh, this thing, uh, it's, a, it's a big undertaking. And, uh, you know, this, this land, this country, the women, everything, it's, it's not like you know, how it was when I was a young man, you know, women were full of red blood and love, like, you know, sunshine in a field, you know, and running like the, oh, I don't know, like the wind rippling through a wheat field on the step. It's not like that here. Everyone's all, you know, stuck in a puddle. Like, you know, you see the roads, oh, trolley fell off the tracks or something. 
but uh, I don't blame you for not, uh, you know, not exercising your nature as God intended. And then Joel kind of turns red and then he looks embarrassed and he's like, oh man, Andre saw through me. I guess there's no hiding from him after all, but I guess at the same time, it was pretty obvious. I mean, if he could even see through Sam, he would definitely see through me. Andre seems to sense his thoughts and Andre takes a little careful hesitant sip of his drink and he kind of glances his eyes to the side and he's like, well, don't feel shamed about it. I mean, th- think about the bright side. You'll, you'll, you'll find a really fine woman that way anyway. You won't waste your time with, you know, you know women who uh, mean little to you. And then Joel's thinking of what to say because at this point, he's not really sure how to respond to this without being extremely embarrassed. And he just says, yeah, you're right, Andre. That's a very good way to see it. Of course, he says, I know about these things and it's good that our paths crossed so you would know because it looks like no one's giving you any advice. And then he said, "Uh, yeah, I guess not. I mean, I honestly don't really think about these things that often. Mm, You should. He said, you're young, you're healthy. He said, it's about time you start thinking more about these things and, you know, less about things that you know, don't give man life. I mean, for example, books are great and everything, he says, but, you know, what did the words on a page mean for, you know, the flesh and blood and the beating heart that, you know, resides in every man and woman that God puts on earth? And then he says, hmm, I guess that's true, but, you know, sometimes you have to be careful. Well, obviously, yes. You don't want a gunshot wedding, he said, I had to avoid a lot of those, and I was uh, I was lucky. I avoided them a lot. Um, and then, of course, you don't want to upset anyone. I remember one time I, well, it happened. I was, uh, I was stationed, uh, well, I was further down south, and, uh, well, uh, this, uh, let's just say I, I had a wonderful time with this Georgian woman, and, well, she had five brothers, and they came after me, but I, how do I say, after a few gunshots and a few drinks, it, it was resolved. But I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we have both run out of bullets. Imagine what would happen. That's true. And then he just says, I think, you know, this is just a very different environment. Like you said, you know, there are no gunshots that's that's going to be fired. And people are not that hot blooded here. That's true. People here are cold-blooded. My goodness, you think they you think their blood was made out of cold gelatin? And then he's like, "Well, I guess except for maybe Sam, Frankie, and Ardayan." Well, that's true. I mean, you know, Frankie is a true Greek man in every sense of the word, and Sam is theatrical and idealistic, I guess, and. You know, Arasha, he's from where I'm from. So, you know, I guess that counts. Of course, Arasha, I feel like he could have been, I don't know, he could have been my, uh, a family member or something. He could have been my brother, you know, in another life. I like Arasha, don't you? He said, hmm, yeah, I guess I do. I mean, he does have a lot of interesting ideas. Oh, he does. And he understands, you know, the, the thing between man and woman, it's it's just nature's right, you know, God's order and such, you know, and 
I mean, if it if you deny it, then you're denying nature. That's like telling, oh, the sun stopped shining or telling plants stop growing. You know, that's that's what it's like. That's a dangerous thing. And can't stand these people who are like, oh, you know, don't do that. And they want to act all miserable and everything like these people here, at least these Americans. So it's, it's depressing. Heck, even back home, you know, as, as damningly rigid as we are back there, at least we don't have this. And I think Joel laughs a little bit and he's thinking about the Dean. <laughs> you know, he's like, I can't stand people who just want to deny nature's order. And well, you know, Joel, I think it's about time we help you get started and I'm the man to help you. And, and Joel is very quiet all of a sudden and he's like, get me started on what? Discovering the discovering your nature, just you know, opening up. How do I say, letting the stallion run free on the step? That's what we need to do. And then he just kind of looks embarrassed and he's like, um, Andre, I think I need to figure this out on my own. You know, this is kind of embarrassing to be honest. It's not embarrassing, it's only embarrassing because your mind has been all shackled up by all these people here and all this stuff here. He said, believe me, he said, he said you said, you spend some time with me. He said, I'll, he says, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you become a man. And then I'll help you find a good girl because I know women better than I do men even. I, believe me, I, I see a girl walking. I can tell you everything about her. Even, even like, you know, how she carries her purse. I can tell you what matters to her in life. I, I know women well. He says it's, you know, how do I say, uh, they're a precious thing from God, you know. And then Joel says, okay, let's test it out. What do you know about Katya, who is, I think, Sam's girlfriend? They haven't made it official yet, but I see them together all the time. Mm, that's true. Ah, Katya, Katyusha Katushenka, what a fine woman. To be honest, this is between you and me, Yolenka. I, I feel like Sam doesn't deserve her. And it's not anything on Sam's part, but Katyusha, she's a special woman. She, she needs a man with, you know, how do I say? Uh, what's that word? Not heaviness, that thing. What's the thing that sticks on the ground? Gravity? Yes, gravity. She needs a man with gravity. And Sam, he doesn't have that. He's like a bird flying everywhere, further in the wind, you know, full of energy and everything. But who wants that? I mean, you know, a girl like her, she's a quiet thinker. She has a very heavy mind. You know, she's a, oh, she's lovely, lovely, lovely girl and clear thinker. Uh, I, I feel like it is, how do they say it? Um, the yoke is lopsided, you know, what's unequally yoked, you know, as they say. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think it's right. Uh, but Katyusha, yes, she's, she, she's sort of a daydreamer, I think. I think she likes to read a lot, but, you know, none of these, you know, uh, how do I say it? Uh, Oh, you know, where, where men just talk about stuff. She doesn't want to read that kind of boring, you know, trash. She wants to 
you know, read something that, you know, takes you away from all this stupid, you know, garbage here. And, you know, she's a bright, clear-eyed, I don't know. She's like a, she's like a lovely little bird, you know, like a, you know, you ever see a, you ever see a loon on the lake, you know, and it makes this little sad call, you know? Hmm. Joel says, I don't think so. I've never seen that. Oh, uh, yeah, I keep forgetting. You're stuck in this garbage pit. But, uh, well, I'll have to take you on a lake. So I don't know if you have these birds, but, you know, it's a sad little bird, but it's a very pretty bird. And that's what she's like. I mean, she's a fine woman. I mean, if she wasn't so young and, you know, I mean, she's not entirely naive, but I don't know. I guess if I was younger, I'd, I'd probably throw my hat at her. <laughs> and Joel laughs and he thinks about it and he can actually imagine it in his head. <laughs> and Andre takes another drink and then he slams the glass down and then he turns around and slaps his hands on his knees. He said, so let's start with you, Yolenka. And let's see what we can do. He says, we're on, we're going to find a fine girl for you. And I bet, I sense it, that she's going to walk through that door right now. And he points at the door. And Joel's like, come on, Andre. This is, this is kind of insane. It's not insane. He said, if it is insane, you know, madness is an ingredient in love. And he's like, you can't force things like this. Oh, you can. It's not forcing it. It's letting it happen. You can force it not to happen. It's going to happen. And I bet I'm look. I'm looking at the clock on the wall. And I tell you this: within a minute, some <laughs> fine, fine devushka, some fine figure of a woman, is going to, you know, go right through that door. Just watch it. And then Joel says, "And within this minute, I am going to leave." You're not leaving, he said. You're going to stay here and be a man and and look at and you know just look at the treasure God gives men and she's gonna come through. I sense it. And if she doesn't come within a minute, he said, I'll buy you a drink and you know, let you go, you know, scrambling off like a coward. <laughs> and Joel says, you know, I have to go see the dean in, you know, around uh the next five minutes. So I better get going now. We have a museum tour planned. And then Andre grabs Joel by the wrist and he says, well, you can, you can spare a minute for that old you know, stony hearted monk. He said, he said, all he's got is his dusty books and artifacts. He said, that man has no heart. He says, even that Norwegian has a little bit of blood in his body. Yeah. And then Joel says, you really don't like the Dean, don't you? I don't. He said, that man is an affront to God and nature. He said, I don't care how much he brags, even monks like back, you know, back when I was a boy and before everyone said, oh, get rid of the church and all that nonsense. Even monks knew that men had, you know, blood and hearts and had to do things. And it's just it's just nature. And then the deans like these people saying, oh, sun don't shine, plants don't grow and water stop running. Uh, this man, uh, I, I don't like him. He's he's bad for you. I'll tell you that. And then Joel's like, well, yeah, I mean, I don't agree with everything he believes in, especially, you know, some of his views on religion, which are kind of extreme and frankly, not my cup of tea. 
but you know i think he's fun to talk with you know about history and stuff and that's all i talk to him about nothing else well history is all right too uh i suppose but you can wait a minute this is uh the streets aren't going to be swallowed up in a massive black hole if you don't wait a minute and look it's 10 seconds left look at the clock and then uh, you'll see and he, he just says andre i don't understand like you know did you go to the fortune teller or something why are you talking like you know you know the future or something and he's like, oh, I know. And look, look who just came through the door. And he slaps him and he's grinning and laughing. Ha ha, what'd I tell you? What'd I tell you? Look there, look there, Yolenka. Look it. He doesn't look. Well, turn your face. He said, look who came through the door. And then he's like, I have to go now. And he, he's looking at his bag and packing up. Well, look, oh, he says, you're going to have to go through the door. You'll run right over her. Look, look at that girl. Who is that? You know her? No, I don't. You know, I have to go to the washroom right now. She says, you don't have to go anywhere. Now tell me, who is that girl? I, I seen her walk by your your street. Who Who is she? There's lots of people who walk by my street. Well, then who is her? Look at her. She's beautiful red hair. I mean, just look at her. She just comes in shimmering like a beautiful little firebird. Look at that. Now, who is that? I don't know her. Well, then get to know her. We're going to come up. We're going to go over there and offer the little Devushka a drink and be gentlemen. And you're actually going to start acting like a man. Now, come with me. He's like, I'm not coming. You can't force me to talk to a complete stranger and harass her like that. It's not harassing. We're being nice to her. That way she doesn't have to spend her money. We'll buy her a drink and keep her company. So you know, all these other wolves don't prey upon her. It's it's our right to protect women. All right, all right. And then Joel is looking and he sees a couple of, you know, older men who look kind of sleazy and then he kind of sees Andre's point. He says, I'm right, am I not? Yeah, I mean, there are some suspicious people here and this is why my mother always said not to come here. And then Andre's like, of course. He says, now let's go and talk to her. All right, let's go. All right. Now come over here and let's buy her a nice drink. Now and don't don't wander off. I'm not. All right. Oh, give me a second here. So they go over and she's over at a small table sort of uh, near a light fixture and the yellow flickering light of the fluorescent lamp above, which has sort of a nice green fringed shade, casts a soft glow about her face and also adds a nice glow to her red hair. And sits down Joel in a rather firm fashion, like a stern father figure. And then he sits down and flashes a charming smile not a sleazy kind of smile, but an earnest, romantic kind of smile, but not directed towards her per se. And Andre finally clears his throat and he's like, ah, he says, uh, hello there, Devushka. What brings you here? She responds, oh, I'm just here to actually meet with one of my friends. Oh, oh, are, you, are your friends here yet? No, she's not here yet. She's going to be here in around maybe 10 minutes. 
Ah, well, that's all right. Would uh, you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't subject? I mean, object. Uh, pardon my English. You wouldn't object to uh, my friend and I uh, sitting here with you, or maybe joining your friend. Oh no, I don't. I don't mind at all. That would be amazing. Oh well, thank you. You don't have to worry about us. We're not. You know, we're not. Uh, how do I say we're not bad men or anything? Uh, you see, my friend here, Yolenka, I mean, Yol, Joel, Joel um, he, uh, how do I say, he saw you and he's quite, uh, what's that word? He, I think he's, uh, he's taken with you. He's smitten with you. He thinks you're very beautiful. And then Joel just gives him a death glare and then kind of slaps him on the shoulder. And... And Andre's like, ah, he said, look at him, he's speechless. He said, I'll tell you this, I, uh, you know, he saw you walk through the door and you know what he said to me? He said, he said to me, Duzia, my name, of course, is Andre, by the way, but you can call me Duzia if you like. Anyway, he says to me, Andre, because he doesn't call me Duzia, you know, Joel here is very formal, you know, he's very a uh, gentleman. And he says to me, Oh, you know, Andre, I look at the clock and through that moment, a woman, a beautiful woman is going to walk through the door and she will take my breath away. And lo and behold, you, you, your darling Devushka walked through and look at him. He's speechless. I mean, look at him. He's turning absolutely pale and red. Oh, my gosh. And Joel just glares at him and then he looks at Malka and then he looks back at Andre and then he looks I mean, back at her and then he says, and then, yes. And then Andre's like, look at him. I mean, he's overcome with passion. And then Joel just can't hold it back anymore. He says, yes, I suppose so. I mean, at this point, and he doesn't say this out loud, there's, there's nothing he can do without embarrassing himself or the people around him. So he just has to go along with what Andre has set in motion. And Andre's like, he slaps Joel on the shoulders and then uh, he's, um, he sits down and he says, oh, Andavushka, what's your name? I'll pardon our rudeness. And she says, my name is Malka. Malka, Malka, what a lovely name, Malayanka. Is, is that like, um, is, that a, is that a name for some, for another name? Um, he says, and she says, Oh no, that's just my name. I mean, I are, I also have, you know, an American nickname that some people call me, Molly. Ah, Molly. Ah, uh, no, I like Malka best. That's a lovely name, Malenka. You mind if I call you Malenka? And she's like, no, not at all. I think that's very, very interesting. I haven't heard of that before. Is it Russian? Yeah. Well, I've never. I kind of don't think I've heard of that name, Malka. I mean, it sounds familiar, but. Uh, where I come from, people shorten names and, well, I, I think you're just a darling dear. I just, you know, think I'd affectionately call you this name if you like. That's very nice of you. Oh, well, thank you, my dear. And while you and, you know, young Yol here, you know, begin to talk, I'll get you youngsters a drink. And then Andre goes over to the bar to get them a drink. Mm -hmm. And Joel just silently doesn't say anything but then he's thinking of something to say but he's just so nervous that he doesn't know what to say 
Andre gets the drinks and he comes back and he's like, I got something very soft and gentle for the little Devushka here. It's a nice, it's a very nice, uh, gentle, uh, what's that thing they call it? A bourbon, nothing too hard for you. And of course, with Joel, I got him another malt, you know, give him some courage to finally talk to you. Has our uh, silent uh, prince here said anything yet? And she's like, no, I don't think he has said anything, but I think he wants to. Ah, oh, speak up, y'all. And then Andre slaps him hard on the back and laughs. <laughs> and Joel kind of fake laughs because he doesn't want to s- seem like he's not trying to do anything and, you know, try to sound like someone who doesn't want to be here. So he's like, yeah, yeah, I guess. He's like, I'm just really tired. Sorry for not being more talkative. And he's like, ah, oh, he said... Don't worry, Olenka, you'll be energized by the power of love. I mean, who could not stare at this beautiful creature, this lovely little firebird that's entered this, you know, uh, humble speaking easy and, you know, not be wowed by her, not be, uh, how do I say, why looking at a beautiful woman like this, wouldn't you feel the strength of 10 men, you know, run right through your blood? I think Joel is a bit embarrassed again and then he just kind of looks at the floor and he doesn't make eye contact and he's like um uh yeah I think so that's that's a nice way to describe it Andre well of course it will stop staring at the floor and look at her he said you're um he says Malenka it looks like our prince here is a little tongue-tied I think uh, I think you two should talk I I've seen you walking down the street past his place I think you are um probably neighbors no and she says not quite i mean we do live quite close and you know we've sort of interacted over the past you know 10 or 15 years since his mother i believe used to work for my parents back when they had a shirt making company ah look at it it's fate andre roars in a and happily and he slams his hand on the table oh look at this all the time look you know, Yolenka, here you had a beautiful treasure of a woman and you didn't even know it. Now look at this. It's fate. He says, fate, fate made you walk through that door, uh, Devushka and Joel. I mean, look at this. Uh, your mother worked for her family. It's why it's it, your paths are crossing. It's it's like a thread, two threads becoming one. Mm-hmm. And then Joel's like, oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, this isn't the first time we've met. I mean, we have... No, bumped into each other before. Ah, well, then you admit it then. He says before you came in, he was saying he didn't know you and he never saw you before. Uh, he said, he said, he'll, he'll warm up. Don't worry. He said, well, Joel, he said, stop standing there with your jaw, you know, in your hand. Talk to her. Tell her how beautiful she is and, you know, everything else. I mean, be a gentleman. And Joel's like, um, I think you look nice today. And Andre just looks disappointed, like, he says, I've, I've seen more excitement from a book of wet matches. He said, ah. And then Andre gets a little frustrated and just sighs and crosses his arms. And I'm sorry about this, Malenchenka. He's, uh, maybe he's overwhelmed with love. And, he, and Andre kind of glares at Joel, like, you, you know, why don't you try acting a little more animated, he's thinking. 
And Malka is a bit awkward at this point because she doesn't want to force anything. And then she she thinks this is more of an interaction between Joel and Andre than between her and Joel. So she just kind of watches and see what's happening next. And Andre's like, well, um, he said, well, Joel, are you going to say anything else? Or are you going to stand there and stare at the floor? Are you going to stare at the floor till?" It turns into sand. And then he looks up from the floor and then he looks at Malka and then he looks at Andre and then he continues. This was a really great experience. You know, unfortunately, I have to go to the museum. I have a friend to meet up with. And Andre grabs him and she's like, what, all of a sudden you leave? Oh, well, here, take Malenchenka with you. Go to the museum together. And then I think he inhales very sharply all of a sudden and he looks very nervous because the idea of this is actually kind of scary for him. I mean, he could say yes, but then what if she's, she actually didn't care and thought it was boring and, you know, the idea of being with her at the museum really scares her, really scares him because then he will, be ha- he will have to be on his best behavior and also find a way to actually make, make conversation with someone who makes him nervous. And then Andre suggests further playing the devil's advocate, or perhaps in his own mind, a very frantic Cupid. Andre suggests, how about we both go, all of us, we'll go to the museum and see all this stuff you keep ranting and raving about. And maybe Malenchenka would like it. You seem like a very smart, smart young woman, Devushka. And she's like, yes, I would love to. I wonder if, you know, my friend Katya could come as well. She was the one who, oh, I see her over there. She just came. Oh, he says, oh, you know, Katusha, Katushenka, you're a friend of hers. Yes, I am. Oh, he says, look, I I was actually uh, just talking about, you know, what a fine woman she is. And now, of course, if I was younger, I'd throw my hat at her, but I'm not, but I was just telling uh, Yol here what a fine, fine woman she is. And it only makes sense that a fine young woman like you would know a fine young woman like her. And how blessed we are to be in the company of such fine women, aren't we, Joel? And he jabs him with his elbow kind of hard. And then Joel winces and he gives Andre another glare and he, he becomes a little bit more normal. And he says, yes, yes, definitely. Well, then why don't all of us go and We'll go to the museum and see all this and we'll have a fine time. How about it? If you don't mind an old wolf like me tagging along. Yeah, why not? Everyone says. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, then let's go. Come on, Joel. He said, square up those shoulders and let's go. Lead the way. They go. Do we pause? Should we continue? Do you want to continue? I don't know what's going to happen at the museum. I'm kind of worried. Andre in a museum. <laughs> True. Maybe we should pause it for now. I think so. I think I, that actually went pretty well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I really liked how we explored a different possibility than the private chat we had last time. Yeah, the private chat was, I forgot what happened. Um, Joel bailed. And then afterwards, it was just Malka talking to Andre. Yeah, that and it that was I mean, how do I say this one opens a lot more possibility. Definitely, yeah. I think at the museum what's gonna happen is that 
if Joel oh, wasn't no. lying, the dean's going to be there. And Andre's, I don't know, Andre's going to have an argument with the dean, maybe. Oh my gosh. Oh my I guess gosh. that would be pretty funny. Wait, the dean accuses Andre of corrupting the youth. <laughs> yeah, he probably would. And Andre's like, you're, no, you're corrupting the youth. You're making them unnatural and, you know, going against God's order and not letting them be red, red-blooded in love. Man can live without many things. He can live without money. He can live without power and land. But two things he can't live without, God and love. And like Tolstoy said, God is love. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, how do you think Andre will behave with if Katya is there because Katya is also going right I think Andre's going to struggle with a bit of a crush because sadly you know Andre knows that he probably shouldn't go after her because he's a lot older than her at this point true but then her presence does change him a little bit right that's true I mean I think he gets very very I mean with Malka and and Katya I mean Andre's just going to be a darling dear yeah and he's gonna stop being so mean to joel maybe not i think maybe he might increase his meanness like secretly like behind his back like why don't you try talking to her like he's whispering her he said if you don't he said i'm gonna teach you how to fly in the next minute <laughs> oh my god joel's gonna be so angry and he this is why he talks more to the dean it's like he says, you're talking to that old bird. He said, and you're ignoring this gorgeous creature here while you're talking to this stony, crusty ass bastard. <laughs> oh my god! And the dean just stares at him. He's like, "What are you doing? Why are you always talking to him like that? I don't like that tone." Well, I don't like your tone either. He said, "You, you, uh, whatever you are." <laughs> <laughs> and they start arguing. I guess. And they start arguing. He's like, why don't you mind your own business, says Andre. <laughs> and then the Dean's like, well, I can't mind my own business because you tagged along. Now we're in this one big group. Oh, yes. He says, well, you're distracting, you're distracting y'all from a bigger picture. And what is that bigger picture? Hmm? That bigger picture, hmm, he says, I'll tell you what it is. He said, it's this beautiful girl right over there. He said, he's trying to... Uh, He's trying to touch uh, touch base with her, and you keep getting in the way like a stone in the middle of a field. And the dean's like, I have done no such thing. He he approached me actually and told me that he wanted to talk to me. He says, Yes, you're just being a distraction. You ought to tell him to go and you know go forth and talk to this girl. Well, he gets to make his own decisions. Nah, he said. He said, don't listen to him, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I think what could happen in the end is that maybe I think Joel gets a bit sick of talking to the Dean because then the Dean just repeats himself over and over again. And he's actually <laughs> not that interesting to talk to because once he looks at the exhibits that intrigue him the most, he just stares at it for a very long time and he becomes impossible to talk to. Yeah, and then he goes off on a tangent and I guess Joel tries to struggle and find Malka again. And I guess Malka's going to go look at some paintings or something. Oh, no, they're going to look at some romantic paintings and Andre's going to be waxing romantically. And he might accidentally um, show romantic vulnerability around Katya by accident. That's really fascinating. That's true. Oh, my God. I think 
I think I need, I mean, I hate to do this, but I think I need to make a character like Katya for Andre. I think that's necessary because at this point, like you said, you had a lot of difficulty with him and Dasha as a couple. Yeah, it was very fake. And I mean, I know that he loves his wife, but I don't think it's Dasha. It has to be, you know, the only woman that could inspire him to love like this would have to be a woman like Katya. Very true. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like how in canon, I think Joel needs someone like Malka because if it's with anyone else, it'll just become like Doris and the Dean. Exactly, exactly. It's it, it's like it can only happen with this person. Yeah, but he's still very stubborn. That's true, he is. But I guess that's like, I think every relationship has to have a flaw of sorts. True. I still need to brainstorm about how they will eventually become more open because at this point it's not chronological, right? We're just jumping back and forth in the canon, but I do have to find out eventually how they will start warming up to each other. It might have to be, be like a really, you know, intense event that happens and then that brings them closer together. I think that happens. I think that's going to happen. Like, um, Oh man, that's so romantic. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but I mean, I'm, I'm a soft sucker for this stuff. You know me, that's one of my, you know, next next to having a romance, like a Ghibli movie, this is my jam, this kind of thing happening. 